This episode of Cut the Foreplay is proudly brought to you by Showmax. If you want to binge on your HBOs, your ABCs, your BBCs, your Nickelodeon, Nick Jr., Super Sport, Boomerang, or Cartoon Network, girl, what are you waiting for? Just clickety-clack-clack and make it happen. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Peach Pit. Welcome to another episode of Cut the Foreplay. My name is Nadia Favor. I'm going to be taking you through this episode and every other episode because that's the way things are going in this life of mine. Now, I have to put this out there. Let's start here. I haven't released an episode of this show for like seven weeks and I was like saying this to myself. I was going, hey Nadia, you don't need to, you don't need to put anything out there. Isolation is tough on creativity, so we just lay down, watch seven seasons of uh, Orange is the New Black back to back. It's okay. And what did I see? Taylor fucking Swift releases an entire album that obviously will go to number one instantly and earn her a pot of gold. While I've been laying down, Zendaya has released an entire movie in quarantine. And I can't even sit back and think, you know what? Fuck it, who cares? I have longer legs than them. Because I do have long legs. But they're not longer than the two of those, I gotta say. So I'm trying to get it the fuck together and this is what I'm doing right now. Also, sorry, I got distracted because I thought about Zendaya's long legs. They're just so caramelly and so long. Good for you, girl. Taylor, little bit you need tan, huh? Just a little bit go in the sun. The sun is your friend. I do have to say, though, it was extremely satisfying to legit lay down and watch seven seasons of Orange is the New Black back to back. <laughs> I'm reborn, if anything. And after re-watching it for the 900th time in my life, I ha- still have the same thoughts. Number one, Luzchek, the true villain. Seeing Judy King and uh, Yoga Jones have sex made me want to die. Not ageist, but like, it wasn't even a- it's just- it's, I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to see it. Tasha Jefferson, easily best character development and greatest character in general. Uh, Cindy, aka Tova. Oh, girl, I got mixed feelings. Such a fun character until the end when she did her girl wrong. That is not okay. I think about that so often, actually. So, so, chatty snack. Piper, super fucking annoying and just laced in privilege, but somehow still redeems herself. And then I like her. Alex, I, how does a person get paler and have thinner eyebrows and I still find her attractive? Also, I realized hardcore that throughout the seven seasons, every time there was a bald guard, I was like, oh, he's kind of hot. And I'm like, the only thing they have in common is that they're all bald. Clearly, I like bald men. Man, you really learn something new about yourself every day, even if you don't move from the couch. I thought in this here episode, this wonderful little episode of ours, what we would do is talk about sex. Are my peas popping? Are my peas popping? Yes, they are. Hold on. Is that better? Is that better? So, sex, and then sex in the time of COVID, and then Nadia Quarantino, and then the least sexy thing I will ever talk about in my life, aka Ellen DeGeneres. Shall we begin? Mm. Mm. 
It is usually considered the right thing to do, and I'm air quoting here, uh, to get into a committed relationship, monogamous relationship, and stay, see, I didn't even pretend to say monotonous and then correct myself, I said it, monogamous relationship, and stay in this relationship forever and ever and ever until the sound of your partner breathing makes you want to die, where you have sex once a week and you schedule it between your kids' soccer practices and you do it missionary with the lights off and then go shower immediately. That's what is in store for this... (laughs) monogamous relationship um let me start over i got my feelings got in the middle of that one it's usually considered the right thing to do to get into committed monogamous relationship and stay in that relationship forever i personally feel a little bit differently i like to straddle ew sure do okay where was i i like to 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 walk the line isn't that a Johnny Cash movie with Reese Witherspoon? Reese Witherspoon. Reese without her spoon. So I walk the line um, because I believe that, and I've voiced it before, I don't believe that I'm built for a monogamous relationship. I'm definitely more suitable for a polyamorous uh, relationship, but I have tried that before and I was exhausted. And I want to say physically exhausted, <laughs> but it was more emotional. It was an emotional exhaustion uh, that I couldn't shake off. People have problems. We all have problems. And putting all those problems together, man, it's a shit fucking show. So I think I'm built for the half-half vibe. Where, essentially, I just get married a bunch of times, you know? Like, life is like an improv show, and I want to be up there with different scene partners. I don't want to have the same partner doing the same yeses and the same, you know, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I just want to experience it with different people. So maybe a slew of long entanglements makes sense for me. And a lot of mini entanglements to get to the slew of long entanglements. Does that make sense? I feel like this is the time where I should give you advice. Um, A great philosopher once said, life is a highway, I want to ride it all night long. Okay, now that I've gotten out all my incoherent thoughts, let me tell you um, um, in conclusion, in summation, what I really feel is that I feel like there's too much pressure on the forever part. And this means that even if you do have a wonderful and uh, healthy relationship for a significant period of time, that if you break up, there's immediate resentment and hate because it didn't last forever. That's fucking silly. Enjoy the people in your life while you have them and then you know, sometimes life takes over. Sometimes the cast changes. Sometimes it's a guest appearance. Sometimes it's a really long fucking season. Who knows? I don't know. Do you know? Remember to always buy batteries for your vibrator, okay? Because sometimes you forget and then you can't leave the house because it's already curfew time. I'm not, I'm just saying, like, based on a friend's experience. Totes not my own. Um, where were we? This wasn't even about my opinion on, on, um, monogamy. This was an actual survey that was conducted and humans said the following. Believe it or not, 36% of people believe that yes, we should be monogamous and we're definitely meant to be monogamous. 37% of people said absolutely fucking not. Have you seen Vicky Cristina Barcelona? I added that last part because that movie's hella hot. And lastly, 
Men are more likely to believe that monogamy is a myth than women. 41% of men say humans aren't meant to be with one person versus 33% of women. I think that statistic is incorrect. I think 41% of men are like, yeah, monogamy is stupid because they want to have sex with multiple women because they want to disappoint multiple women. <laughs> and women are like, oh man, I just want to be disappointed by this one person. Fuck. Fuck it, don't get my hopes up. I wish we could round table this, you and I, and sit and eat dry pretzels and uh, talk about this, because I'm 100% sure everybody's opinion differs from mine, because mine's not quite polyamory and not quite monogamy. Both groups of people are probably like, Nadia's just fucked. And that's okay. You know what, my motto in life is very similar to, you know, try everything once, and if you like it, do it again. Mine's more like, I like people. People are fun. I genuinely enjoy human beings, and I like their faces to sit on. As COVID-19 pandemic lockdown restrictions are eased and regular life begins to resume, semi-regular life begins to resume, many businesses, or as I, I think they should be called, business size, uh, have had to introduce new operational rules. I'm having a stroke. <clears throat> new operational rules to avoid the spread of the virus. That includes the sex work industry, aka the most noble and the oldest industry, with brothels forced to adopt new practices going above and beyond the usual requirements of safe sex. Here's the here's the one that shook me. Now, according to reports, Switzerland, their adult industry has been heavily hit by the pandemic with the government placing a temporary ban on prostitution four months ago to help stop the spread of the virus. Now, obviously, two months ago to present day now that things are opening up a little bit more no pun intended i'm not talking about legs but i'm also talking about legs according to a media outlet the guidelines include sex workers only partaking in positions which minimizes the risk of and i don't want to say these words because they're making me barf which minimize the risk of droplet transmission and keep an appropriate distance between faces droplet transmission is nasty i want to oh no oh. those positions are doggy style and reverse cowgirl aka reverse rider the female worker will be allowed to face away from her sexual partner thereby avoiding face-to-face -face proximity aka less droplet transmission the document also mandates all brothels should provide gloves, condoms, disinfectants, and ensure sessions do not exceed more than 15 minutes. <laughs> ah, AKA sex with all of your boyfriends. Hey now, I'm sorry. Premature ejaculation is nothing to joke about. It also advises sex workers not to touch any personal belongings of the customers such as jackets. Oh yeah, okay. You're di- Dick is inside me, but let me not touch your car keys. And you know what? It's absolutely fair. It makes complete sense. That's what's really crazy about it. Canada, uh, God bless uh, the nation that helped raise me, Canada suggested that their sex workers have glory holes. Their sex workers and other people that are quarantining away from their partners to have glory holes. I, 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 I just, <laughs> I'm motherfucker fucking speechless i think this would work out in the in the maybe i could be a monogamous person if i introduce glory holes into my relationships 
Oh, man, I'm dying. Similar guidelines were provided to Kiwi sex workers by the New Zealand Prostitutes Collective when the nation moved into alert level two, although the regulations on sexual positions weren't clarified. Now, included, this is the best part, included in the list of guidelines are steps such as avoid the moist breath zone. Imagine getting legit like a pamphlet that says these are things you can't and can't do when you're having sexual relationships with our workers. And it says avoid the moist breath zone. I, I know what I'm gonna do from now on. For the next year, I'm gonna gift my friend's underwear that says that. So I'm picturing myself as a man laying down, boner alert, condom on, mask on, gloves on, a woman sitting on my genitals, mask on, gloves on. She can't look back at me. Why am I even going there? True, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's some kinky shit on its own, really, to think about it, you know? Am I gonna contract COVID before I come? But at the same time, there's only 15 minutes for me. Oh, that's so much pressure. I would get a panic attack. I would be like, get the fuck off me. I gotta go home. <laughs> oh my God. You know what? People, people gotta make a living and I am never hating on a hustle. So do what you gotta do. If you gotta get it in, go get it in. If you gotta get it in at a brothel, go get it in a brothel in Switzerland because they clearly care. Or Canada with their glory holes or New Zealand because... Everybody loves an accent. Today is a very special day, so we're gonna double whammy it with the features. We're gonna go Nadia Quarantino first, and then after, we're gonna go story time. But starting off with Nadia Quarantino, remember Showmax is uh, my lover that pours money straight into my bank account, is what I was gonna say. You thought I was gonna say vagina. Well, joke's on you, buddy, because I asked them if they could do that, and they said, no, that's an appropriate stop. Remember with Showmax, you can get um, between 30% and 50% off. And also keep your eyes fucking open because every now and then we play a little game of Roo where you get six months off of Showmax so you can follow the Nadia Quarantino journey via video, via podcast, via blah, 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 blah. And if you haven't checked out the rest of my videos, check it out on my Instagram. It's Nadia Favory on IGTV. And you will see my face there and you will see me say things as well. So yeah, yeah. Today I wanted to review uh, Little Fires Everywhere. I am totally fucking shook because I had never heard of this. And then all of a sudden it consumed my entire life. All, and I'm going to recommend that if you watch it that you do this. All I did was read the synopsis and it said, quote, Following the intertwined fates of the picture-perfect Richardson family and an enigma mother and daughter who spend their lives set in Shaker Heights, Ohio in the 1990s. Don't watch the trailer. Don't do anything. If you are a person that likes uh, suspense and thriller, just dive in and you will be at the edge of your seat for the entire show. I had to hold my fucking breath. It is fantastic. Carrie Washington and um, the woman that plays the shit out of white women on the regular Reese Witherspoon fucking nail it. Their relationship with each other, toxic and so fun to watch watch. I highly recommend. I have a screenshot of uh, my thoughts that I sent to uh, my buddy while I was watching it, and this is what I had to say. I said, I'm on episode four of Little Fires Everywhere. Carrie Washington's character is legit obsessed with her child, like she wants to shove her back into her own vagina and incubate her, but also ingest her so she's in her bloodstream. 
the thing is that I said this in the earlier episodes, by the time I was at the end and everything was unraveling, I completely understood and agreed with everything, which is a complete 180 for me. You have to watch it and then you have to tell me your thoughts on it because I'm hella shook. Before this, I would say my favorite Carrie Washington character was obviously Shanice and Save the Last Dance because she f- fucking kills it. Also, she really drops it to murder she wrote and I'm here for that always. Man, I give this show 4.2 thin Reese Witherspoon upper lips out of 5. Motherfucking prime content. Just want to put this out there. Jesse Williams is in the show. And does anything really matter when that man's face is anywhere? My eyes are watering from how delicious this human being is. On Grey's Anatomy, did I want to see someone get their fistula operated on? No, but did I want to watch that caramel skin just walking around saying things with his adorable lisp? <laughs> Fucking yes. <laughs> Serve me a slice of that cake. If you want to join the Nadia Quarantino journey, obviously all you got to do is subscribe to Showmax or wait around until I give you that six months off. But you got to participate is what I'm saying, essentially. And uh, tweet me and let me know what you want me to review next. And I shall do it by moving my face hole and then putting it on the interwebs. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, shit. You know what time it is when you hear that sound. It's time for a motherfucking story. If you don't follow me on Instagram, uh, you missed a short story time that I had on there. And it was about a realtor that I had earlier in the year when I was house hunting. And he turned to me and he said that he wished he married a white woman so his daughter could look like me. And then he winked at me and bit his lower lip and I almost fucking vomed because that's disgusting <laughs> why do people love to fetishize uh mixed race people just leave me the fuck alone it's not even my combo of race I, th this is the second incest themed um situation that i've had when someone is hitting on me one time i remember i was like in my early 20s and I was walking around in Toronto and then this uh, group of kids were like, oh, hey, yo, girl, what's up? And I looked at this kid and I was like, bruh, I'm old enough to adopt you. And then he was like, yo, if you was my mom's, if you was my mom's. And all his friends were like, yes, fuck your adoptive mother. <laughs> Oh, the world is stupid. Okay, now that I got those stories off my chest, I want to talk about the least sexual thing and the least sexual person in my eyes because I'd rather... Whenever I even think about her, my vagina just... Just fucking inverts forever. And that's uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Her wife, Portia de Rossi. Little Allie McBeal snack, and we all know it. But Ellen herself, something about her has never sat right with me. And I've said it so many times in my life and nobody agrees with me. And lately things have started to unravel in my fucking favor, finally. And it all started with this interview. It's good to see you. Happy it's belated birthday. When was your birthday? It was October 4th. October 4th. <laughs> You turned 30. I did. And um, how was the party? I wasn't invited. Actually, no, that's not the truth, Ellen. You were invited. Last year, no, last time I was on the show, last year, you gave me a bunch of about not inviting you, but I didn't even know you wanted to be invited. Well, who doesn't want to be invited to a party? Well, I didn't even know you liked me. <laughs> of course I like you. You knew I liked you. 
You've been on the show many times, and, and don't I show like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I did invite you, and you didn't come. So This time you invited me? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. How do you know? I don't think so. Ask everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Jonathan, your producer. Who okay. said you were? I yeah, was invited. Right Why didn't I go? I don't know. Clearly, this episode should be about snacks because Dakota is also a fucking snack. So in March uh, is when things start to get real rojo caliente. <laughs> if you got that uh, throwback reference, then please come on over. I'm looking for the first person in my three people marriage. Uh, and I think you might be the one. So in March, a comedian tweeted and said, respond to this with the most insane stories you've heard about Ellen being mean, and I'll match every one with a $2 donation to the LA Food Bank. And of course, people came rushing in because there's so many examples. Now past and present employees of the show are voicing these allegations, telling BuzzFeed News in a report that life at the Ellen DeGeneres show isn't so nice. The various ills reportedly stem from not just Ellen DeGeneres, but the executive producers and senior managers who run the day-to-day -day operations at the show. One of the employees tells BuzzFeed News, quote, if she wants to have her own show and have her name on the show title, she needs to be more involved to see what's going on. One former employee who spoke with BuzzFeed News anonymously said she experienced intense racism and microaggressions. She claims a senior level producer joked about mixing her up, ugh, mixing her up with another black employees saying, oh, wow, you both have box braids. I hope we don't get you confused. Worse, a writer at the party told her that he, quote, only knows the names of white people who work there. End quote. When she eventually brought these issues, the producer, the former staffer, claims colleagues referred to her as the PC police and her colleagues distanced themselves from her. That's some classic racist bullshit, much like the Glee cast when they complained about Leah Michelle. Uh, I can't remember what her name is. I, I didn't watch those later seasons of uh, Glee, but um, one of the... Let me just get her name. Uh, nope, never mind. It's Samantha. Samantha, Samantha, Samantha. That's her name. Uh, so she was a cast member on Glee, and she said that Leah Michelle had a lot of microaggressions, including saying that she wanted to sh take a shit in her wig and if she could she would have already something along those lines which is fucking nuts I, I, it's funny that those things count as microaggressions because they're actually just full-blown really fucked up also leah michelle's a bag of trash in gen z's first why are we now so ellen is a full-blown lesbian Talk about marginalized groups. She's a woman. Second of all, you would think that she would have empathy and be like, oh, hey, people be hating on me all the time. Why wouldn't I be kind to other people? Instead, she's out here just scissoring people and then having her microaggressions. You're fucking Ellen. But for real, this next part has me really fucked up and is is quite unfortunate. BuzzFeed News also reports that a former employee claims they had checked into a mental health facility for attempted suicide and was fired upon returning. Quote, you'd think that if someone just tried to kill themselves, you don't want to add any more stress to their lives. Some of the producers talk openly in public about addiction and mental health awareness, but they're the reason there's a stigma. They definitely don't practice what they preach with the be kind mantra, unquote. This is completely normal. Uh, Aisha D, who's an actress that plays Kat on The Bold Type, she plays a biracial, bisexual woman, and 
and more recently, essentially how the show starts off is that she is dating a Middle Eastern lesbian artist. And there's so much enlightenment and diversity in the show and everyone would applaud them for it. Now come to season four, she has this lapse in judgment, this character where she ends up dating someone who is a Republican that doesn't speak out when topics such as conversion therapy comes up. But anyway, so they have this little affair and people that are watching it were like, wait, 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 wait. Someone who is biracial and bisexual will never go for someone like that. Doesn't make any sense. And eventually the actress Aisha D spoke up and wrote this long post saying that she also believes the character would never do that. But that's what happens when a room full of white people write a biracial character. You can never actually write someone's experience when you haven't gone through any bit of it. It's really messed up that these things do happen on the regular, but I'm so proud of the fact that people are actually speaking up now. In terms of Ellen, like, get her off the fucking air. I think she, right now she's getting investigated by Warner Brothers to see, you know, all, if all the claims are true. But usually, to be honest, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I'm good at two things in life, and that's scoping out sexual tension and two, you know, picking out people that are hella sus. And Ellen's been on my radar, which is a great Britney Spears song, by the way, uh, for a very long time. So, Ellen, you a dumbass motherfucking hoe. Dakota, call me. I think you, me, and Jesse Williams can be really happy together.